And I'd like to welcome on Anthony the Bagel Jagel. Thank you for coming on, man. How you doing? Doing great. You know, I know we just talked a little bit ago. Just woke up, uh, watched a little bit of area Hawaiian. My TV is like on this side, so if I'm looking back and forth, uh, it's on the other side. It's like on this side of the room. So yeah. just watch some Jamal Hill and Eric Hawaiian uh, MMA hour, and then just just try to get ready for practice too. I got practice in a little bit, but uh, overall I'm doing great. Trained earlier today and feeling good. Just you know, just a normal day in life. Perfect, perfect, man. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I appreciate you know you taking time out of your uh, your busy day to to join me here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your most recent fight here uh, at OCL. Um, I know uh, Mustafa. This was the first fight you've had to, to go to a decision. Um, you're four and zero in your career, yeah. and and you've never really had a fight leave the second round. So, um, talk a little bit about this fight. Um, what was kind of your preparation going into this? Um, and would you consider this to be you know your toughest fight to date? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people don't want to give um, uh, Musasa like a lot of credit because a lot of people is like a lot of people who try to understand the game. Like, dude, all your other fights were like finishes, but like every fight is not going to be a finish. And this dude did his homework on me. He studied my wrestling game, and he was a decent grappler too. And uh, but you know, I just you know, but me, I studied him for a little bit. I understood that he was going to come in with a calf kicks and which he did hit me with a couple times a calf. So, but it was just too high level matchup. You have two guys undefeated. He was undefeated. I was undefeated. So when you got that in the, in the, in the lineup matchup, it's, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got to be prepared in the fire. And I was prepared to do that. And, you know, obviously I came out victorious and um, props to him. Cause he pushed me, dude. Cause there were times, dude, Every camp I get into, it's just very uncomfortable, dude, for getting these fights and because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. So when I was able to dictate the, uh, the striking, control the distance, the, the wrestling, the grappling all around, like I just felt comfortable each round. Like I, I knew he was going to be a tough opponent. Like I never overlooked him because I knew like, okay, one thing I knew he had something over all my other opponents, he know how to grapple. And I'm not saying he was better grappling my grappling, but I just know purely I was better. But I just know, like, he's going to come to play. He's going to come to A game. And that's what you need. I need fighters like that because if you don't get them type of fights, man, how are you going to evolve as a person? So exactly. I'm not mad that I went to the decision. I was actually happy because I showed they were okay, this guy's durable. He can go all three rounds. He can strike. He's not just rest. And, and I'll taking these guys out within the first two rounds. It's the same thing we talked about earlier about Jamal Hill. And about yeah. that, all oh, you need to put Glover Teixeira out in the first round, two rounds. He went all five rounds and he dominated him. So people think, like, I don't know, it's just like these casuals, man. Just like everybody thinks, like, <laughs> you got to do this way. No, like, do what you think is best for you. You know what I'm saying? As a fighter, you're Absolutely. not fighting the cage. I'm the one that's fighting the cage. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy I shared the octagon, man. And he was a respectful dude, and um, hopefully we can run it back one day in the, in, the, in the pros. Hopefully. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I want to kind of transition. I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, the pros here because I know you're undefeated as an amateur, four and zero. I want to talk about, you know, some next steps for you. Are you looking to turn pro, uh, you know, in the future? Maybe do a little amateur belt chasing, or <laughs> or what's the what's the game plan there? Um. So right now we just um. I mean, it's been about three weeks out. Almost three weeks now since since I fought. So me and my coaches, um, we have talked about at at the, this last camp coming up. This last camp, we was talking about how this was going to be my last uh, amateur fight 
and we're seeking to go professional. Now they do offer us a title shot. I mean, it just it just all depends what OCO wants to do. But I could just tell them like, uh, just like from what I experienced from last camp, they just wanted to like, hey, this is going to be your last fight because like. It's like you don't want to stay amateur forever, dude. I know there's some things I need to work on. We all got to work on things as fighters. Like nobody's good. You're not good at the beginning of your career anyway. You're never going to be good. It's all, You're only good when you're at the top of your career as a professional. So it's like – and people, and people, you need more experience. Well, everybody needs more experience. It just takes time, dude. Like if it was easy, dude, we would all be world champions out of way and out of our way during this process. But – there's only one champion in your division and whatever big promotion you're going to. So right now we're in talks with some people, man, and we're trying to see what's going on. I made a highlight thing last week ago, so we're trying to see what's going on with that. And uh, definitely we're trying to go overseas for uh, for fighting professional if if we do get the you know if we do get the offer. But right now I don't know what's going on. I just take up a day by day and just keep training, just trying to heal up from. My last fight, too, because, like I said, I took some calf kicks, so I'm still trying to heal up from that. Of course, of course. I'm Like you said, it's, it was only three weeks ago, so, I mean, you, you got plenty of time. Um, it's cool that, you know, uh, you know you've know you got a, you've got something to, to look forward to going forward. Uh, I hope uh, I hope they can kind of plan around you and uh, keep you around. I know OCL is one of those awesome promotions that, you know, not only do they have the amateur side, but they also have the pro side. So um, that's yeah. it's super nice. Um but do you do you kind of see yourself maybe going another direction? Do you do you like the OCL? I know you're from Middletown, so um, I'm sure you know yeah. you feel a little bit closer to home. Yeah, here, but. yeah, I I do I do I I like the OCL. Uh, I actually like the way they had everything set up uh, for the casino. I actually liked it. I liked it a lot better than the the one I fought in July of last year. It was like that the Cherry Hotel, Cherry Valley Lodge. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was something around there, and that was a cool place too. Uh, I just like the casino because it, it just felt more like it felt like actually like like a like it was more it just a better setup and and all that. But my but I was, I literally just talked to one of my, one of my uh, teammates about the not yeah one of my teammates about this yesterday. It was just weird because I was like, well, I know uh, the recent flyweight uh, Josh Pereira just vacated the belt. You know, he fought yeah. on the same card with me. The far as pro debut, you got the win. Happy for him. And but I was just like. Why didn't they make me and Musasa that amateur title fight? If you uh, think was, about it, was, I'm just that thinking. That was a question I was going to get to later. I was I was going to ask you about that. That the fact they just vacated I, the title, and why wouldn't you just make that the title fight? You y'all are both undefeated, so it it makes sense to me. Exactly, but you know I'm not gonna. You know it's business, man. It's politics, man. Sure. You can't control everything. So, but I thought that was kind of weird. Thought about thinking about that yesterday. And I was just like, why didn't they do that? But, you know, it is what it is. You just take it out is and you move on with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to transition a little bit. I, I know uh, you're a big jujitsu guy. So um, you just went to the IBJJF uh, Pan Ams and that was in Australia, correct? No, no, no. So <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. <laughs> So I competed. I competed at the Pan American, and that was for Nogi. Nogi I took second at the tournament. Pan basically, I was cramping, and I I made all the way through the finals, but I just couldn't do much in the finals. So I lost by uh, triangle. I just couldn't mm. do much. Uh, and then, but on the flight back, you know, I think we, me, and my co- head coach, uh, Ruben Vera, love that dude to death. 
basically, uh, we want to say, hey, it's like a $100 um, upgrade fee. You can to upgrade to first class. It was just a hundred first class, and yeah. it was just a weird experience because that's what I when I posted that picture yesterday on my on my IG story. Like I was like, I know that because it's like you're used to sitting in the economy the whole time, all your trips. So sitting in first class, I like, do like it's an eye opener, and it's like I need to get to this feeling every time now. But that's why I was saying like you got to keep working hard on your craft and keep doing yeah. that. But I, I took second at the Dallas uh, Dallas in Dallas, Texas for Nogi Dallas, Pan Ams, okay. and then I think like in uh, Animal High Convention Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, afterwards I, 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 I wasn't even close. I took second. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, but Perth is there, man. You know the US, yeah. the, the next UFC fight cars in Australia, and that's that's gonna be a dope uh, car too. But uh, yeah, so I be so doing that scene with the whole jujitsu. Like I said, I've been doing that for a couple years now. Uh, and uh, but I mean I've been wrestling my whole life. I mean I'm fit. Uh, going into 15 years now of just wrestling from seventh grade all the way through uh, through college wrestling through four years of college wrestling and then and like I said I've just been doing that since then man. Um, I know I'm kind of get sidetracked off sometimes. No, you're all good, man. Like no, no, that. no. I I have but, a wrestling uh, background myself. I I wrestled growing up, so I it's I I know where you're coming from. Um, and it's super cool. Obviously, that transitions super well to any other type of grappling, whether it be you know judo, jujitsu, whatever you're trying to do. So, um, that's that's obviously you know I, I'm sure you you connect with that, and that it's a big aspect to takedowns in jujitsu is you know having that that wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But uh, but one of those funniest like the pans and worlds are my first ever IBJJF tournament like I never competed in any opens or nothing so to go straight to the the big dance and taking second at both big world level tournaments I that's a that just that just Crazy. says a lot out of my skill set and what I'm able to achieve on both ends of jujitsu I kind of want to do both where be a professional and jiu-jitsu and the and be a professional in mma like i know mma is the bigger market the bigger money's professional athlete but it's like i would love to do both absolutely man I no i both. i completely understand where you're coming from there's a lot of fighters that do that too it's not it's not like an uncommon thing you'll see i mean uh jiu-jitsu is is a lot of people say is one of the best you know backgrounds you can have for mixed martial arts just from how it translates to, you know, in a cage fighting scenario. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure, man. It is, it's for sure. That, and I would say folks out wrestling. Folks out wrestling, yeah. for sure, do. It helps out so much. Like, yeah, jujitsu and folks out wrestling are probably like the one of the best grappling scenes you can get into. To, you know what I'm saying? For the translate for well for MMA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grappling, grappling is, is super important. I'm not saying striking isn't, obviously, but. Um, if, if you don't know what you're doing in there, yeah, yeah. You, you need that to get man. taken down. So, yeah. Uh, so we've, we've hit all the, we've hit all the, you know, the hard hitting questions here. I have a, I have a couple little fun ones for you. Um, you have a, you have a really Go awesome ahead, nickname, uh, uh, Anthony, the bagel, the Jagger. bagel, the bagel, bagel man. <laughs> what, where did that come from? Is there, is there a story behind the name there or, uh, so, so basically, uh, my last name is J Jagel with a J. So rise with bagel with the food item. So, yeah. um, so a lot of people, 
I, I don't go by my first name, Anthony, for some odd reason. They usually just call me by Jagel or they call me Bagel. So, and that's been throughout my whole life, like through high school, through college, wrestling, all that. And even now when I'm training at, you know, at my team, Queen City Grab, they all call me Bagel. They don't call me, uh, they'll be like, Bagel, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up? <laughs> so when I was doing my first uh, uh, amateur fight and they was like nicknames, I was like, damn, what should be unique? And I was like, I was, you know, I look at my IG, uh, my IG handle, I was on IG just scrolling and stuff like that. And I seen my IG is like, it's the bagel. Yeah. I said, like, why don't I just put the bagel, the bagel? Because people like, it's, 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 you know, it's the bagel, man. So like, I just put Anthony, the bagel, jiggle. And I mean, it just sounds catchy and rhyme. So there's like nothing like yeah. super crazy, but it just rhymes with my last name. So I just, just went with it, man. Since then, uh, it's just, it just, you know what I'm saying? It just it just came along with the flow yeah. and just been with me since then. I was kind of upset that announcer at the OCA, he didn't say the bagel. He just said Anthony I know, Anthony he just Jagle. said Anthony like, Jagel. I, that would have made the crowd go crazy, dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> the last time he – because my last fight with, with OCL, he said the bagel Jagel. I was like, all right, cool. So then when he said – could I could I sell him, like, before the event even starts, I said, hey, you need, like, the, you know, as fighters, you got to go up to the announcers and, like, you know, give them, like, a little, little information. He said, no, I got you, bro. I got everything set. I said, all right, cool, man. I bet. Get, <laughs> and then, the, and get then he went and he just... Yeah. So, back in my mind, I thought, I didn't think about it, but then as you thought about it, I thought, I thought I watched the, the my, my, I actually bought the pay-per-view and I was watching my, uh, the replay of the fights. I watched it, like, Thing, like the fight like itself like like six to ten times now yeah. watching the fight and all that but even still when i saw it, i was like dude why didn't you just say that like guys so you know what i'm saying that's like dude like you just got it just discredited it's just kind of discredited my my the the whole yeah. nickname now like it is, so, it just i'm definitely the tongue. Tell, it's so hey, easy man, to say please say the bagel yeah <laughs> it's yeah. really not that difficult man so, yeah it, i was super excited i was there yeah. with some friends and i, I was talking about you obviously, because I'd gone to one of your fights before and I was talking with them about you. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's the bagel. Like, it's it, Anthony the bagel jiggle. Like, that's just how it goes. And then they announced him. They're like, they didn't even say it. So, yeah, we were upset, too, man. That's yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of a, a slight to you. Just just a tiny slight, obviously. Yeah. Um, I want to talk also about, uh, you know, growing up in Middletown. I know uh um, I, I went to Dayton. I went to University of Dayton. So I've been I've been, uh, you know, okay. to Southern Ohio before. Um, and I know, uh, you know, they've got a pretty strong uh, wrestling, you know, uh, community down there. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, Kayla Harrison. Um, she's from Middletown there. Yeah. Um, what was it like yeah. kind of growing up there? And how did it kind of, you know, shape you into the fighter you are today? So Middletown, Ohio, how we get, how, let's get started with that. So it's a very blue collar city. Uh, city or town you want to call it uh it's very because ak we were very invested into ak steel and yeah. just a blue collar city man like you got if you live by the high school you got like your nicer like uh houses like your suburban houses but like throughout the whole city where i'm at i live right by downtown middletown so it's very like you know alleyways and you see like a, just a lot of like you see a lot of stuff man you know what I'm saying just like you know you know, drug drug dealers, crackheads, and yeah. I'm not saying Middletown is like Chicago, Illinois. It's not like that, but you do see that here and there, and you just see some like, you no, know, it's just a very blue collar city. You know, it's just a small yeah. metro city, man, between Cincinnati, Day, and Ohio, and it's like, uh, 
depending on where you live at, because I live by downtown, it, it gets a little rough over here at times. So it's like growing up, man, I know it's like being around like the rougher areas because I live in the rougher area as I was a kid. And then my mom and dad, they moved me out of that spot because I was hanging out with the wrong people. And but just better financial reasons, too. We was able to find a better house that's outside that rougher area in Middletown. Like we're still in downtown Middletown, but we're like out just like at the be- you know, like the nicer part, if that's you can sure. say. But it's still like in a rough area, but it's not bad. But Middletown, Ohio, just a rougher, you know, it's just not not rougher, but it's just like a blue collar city. But like being from the same hometown as Kayla Harrison, what's funny is I know her family actually pretty well. I know her mom, her brother, and from some uh, Metro friends I know from here. So I met Kayla once or twice. When she was training for her first gold medal back in like 2012, so I don't know her personally. I know she done. I know she's doing her thing at ATT. I would love to cross train with her one day. We'll see how that go. You know, do something big for the community for Middletown. But I know she's doing her thing and all that. And some people are like, man, you should hit her up. I'm like, yeah, but it's like you gotta have money. You gotta travel. I'm I'm broke, dude. I'm 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 just an amateur fighter, she's, dude. She's like, a, yeah, she's a little bit. Uh, she's a little bit. Uh, yeah. In- a little little different situation we'll say yeah, uh, we'll say. yeah financial yeah she's in yeah she's in a better financial status and status man and it's not the wrong thing you know i know she's training out in miami she's trying with a better team but it's like at the same time i found a home here where i'm from and i love it here so much it's like it's the same thing with jamal hill i'm just like yeah you know he, he trained at a grand rap in michigan what's in grand rap in michigan exactly nothing either it's exactly. by a blue collar <laughs> city but he's trying to add a small gym where he became a world champion so it, 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 it produces a lot of great athletes and all but there's also a dark side where people get hung up to the wrong people put myself in the type of business stay focused on my mission man i know i try to work on my faith uh, as, as a christian man i might say i'm perfect but i try to work on my faith and i try to like you know just stay to the mission like hey eat sleep train eat sleep train because this is all i know i this is the only skill set I'm truly good at, and which is fighting, which is the true skill set you can't become good at in life to make money off. And yeah. uh, it's just something I just want to keep doing and put on for my city, but also for the wrestling program. Um, so the wrestling program has really never been like super fantastic. You can look at other like like fantastic like, like wrestling programs around like Muller High School, you know, looking schools in day like Huber Heights or Centerville. Centerville High School, like they have better like wrestling programs, but res- the wrestling team has to produce great athletes and all that for the wrestling programs. Uh, I'm one of them. Um, I, I I can name other people too, but Middletown has has done better, man, throughout the year. Uh, we got there's a kid right now. He's named uh, Jacob uh, Castillo. He's a, a returning state qualifier. He's wrestling at 152 pounds yep. this year, or 145, one of the two. But uh, he's a returning state qualifier. Uh, I'm hoping he does well. I've wrestled with him, the kid, with a couple of times. So I always tell, hey, man, put on for the city, dude. Like, I want to pass that torch on to you because I I always just try. I, I, I'm, he's not that much younger than me. He's like 17 or 18. Yeah. I'm 26. So just like, I know it's like being in your shoes, man. You got the, you know, the, the way of the world, you know, the, the way of the world on your hands because you're doing yeah. good for your for yourself and the city. I just tell him, hey, man, keep pushing, dude. Put on for the city, dude, because like I, I'm done with my wrestling career, dude. It's all you now, dude. You know what I'm saying? But that that's why I can give you a good uh, glance of what Middletown Ohio is. It's just very blue collar city. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, that, that's awesome to hear, man. And, uh, you know, I like you said, uh, the the wrestling, the grappling that you guys have there. Um, I'm familiar with Castillo. I, I, I like to go to the the state tournament every year. So um, I pick up on, on here and there on, on you know, everyone around the state. And uh, I, I know the guy. I've never met him personally, obviously, but um, I, he's 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 damn good. He's he's really, uh, really. Yeah, strong, yeah, yeah. He's, strong yeah, he's really the, yeah, he, he's a real deal, man. He's. He's 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 gonna be something if he stays on the right path. He can really do something with his life. All right, man. Well, um, I appreciate you know you come you coming on today. Um, I, I wanted to take uh you know this last little segment here. Um, just to allow you to kind of tout your uh you know your IG. Um, where can people follow you at? Um, so that they can tune in uh, to some future fights. Yeah, just uh just follow me on IG at it's the bagel. You can find me on there or follow me on Facebook, Anthony Jagel. I'm on Twitter too. I'm not as active on Twitter. I just there just the likes and stuff like that on videos. And I got a TikTok too. Uh it's the bagel. Um and stuff like that. So I'm pretty much active right there on them uh social media accounts. So yeah, just follow me right there. That's pretty much it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, bro. Thank you. And I'd like to welcome on uh Josh the Flying Hawaiian Pereira to the Mixed Martial Arts Street podcast here. Uh, welcome on, Josh. Thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day to, to speak with me. No, no. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're very welcome. So I, I wanted to start off by um, talking about, you know, your, your training here in Columbus. Um, I know you train at a Immortal MMA. Can you can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, your relationship with Matt Brown and how you kind of got into training with Immortal? I know there's a pretty cool story behind that. So, yeah, uh, funny story. Um I had actually run into Matt uh, in in a bar out here in Columbus, a rude dog bar and grill who actually sponsors me now. Um, and it was out of nowhere. I had just gotten off of work or actually, no, it was right after um, I had helped uh, one of my friends at the Columbus Event Center for the Arnold Classic. I helped them set up uh, the um warp walls for the american ninja warrior course uh, uh, for michelle warnke's gym uh over here as well and uh we had set up everything i was walking around and um uh we were like oh there's a fight tonight let's go ahead and uh, see if we can watch it somewhere uh pre-gamed uh this was uh this was when i was uh kind of a bit of an alcoholic um, absolutely yeah i know we'll, we'll get to that later because <laughs> absolutely I know it's absolutely pretty cool that um i think you, you you said you've been sober for six months now yeah yeah um congratulations uh, well, that's that's awesome yeah, thank you thank you so much thank you um it was such a big part of my life but I, like uh anyways um we had gone to uh rude dog and uh th there was a lot more people than usual and uh i remember seeing at the far end of the bar we were at one of the high top tables uh and uh lo and behold i see matt brown over there i was like holy crap that's matt uh, that's the immortal matt brown and my buddy uh looks over he's like oh shit you want a picture or part of my french uh, do you want to want me to take a picture real quick i was like yeah sure <laughs> um, go up to him go up to him take a picture with him uh and we started talking. I had mentioned that I had trained uh, back home in Hawaii for a little bit. And I had moved out here to um, kind of give the mainland a try. Um, I was uh, when I first moved out here, I was uh, doing a bit of boxing out of the parkour gym, Parkour Horizons, uh, uh, that my buddy was uh, helped open and coached at because I really didn't have a gym. I didn't really know anybody. 
Uh, so I was just kind of training to myself. But anyways, that fight didn't happen. And I'll, I'll go back to that later. But um, I had ran into Matt and he said, oh, we just opened up a mortal up the road over here in Lewis Center. You're more than welcome to stop by. And I was like, OK, awesome, awesome. And that was the, the same night I had met Israel Adesanya, um, which was uh, out of complete nowhere. Maybe maybe a bit of fate, maybe uh, maybe just yeah. a, a That's lucky crazy. coincidence. It's the same night, too. So like the yeah, fact that you same exact two night. people at, this, at the same time basically is is that's crazy (laughs) yeah it was uh it was just it was unreal i know i I must have been a bit buzzed from drinking a bit already but i was just like man this can't be real this there must be like a camera somewhere or something but it was um just just being able to talk to izzy and matt and there's just just uh just for a little bit um gave me a a reason to start training again you know like everybody has their ups and downs like uh my coach matt he he has a a pretty crazy back uh, story as well yeah and just seeing that anybody can turn their life around by just making a a couple of small changes and instead of just kind of wasting away uh drinking or using other illicit substances replace that with something that you love and i've always loved martial arts ever since i was a kid and i just continued to build off of that until until i i didn't know what to do you know just just keep training uh keep training keep fighting and yeah yeah i'm I'm, i know i used to always say i I keep trying but i'm not i'm not trying anymore i'm I'm doing and i'm I'm doing doing the best that i can and i'll keep doing Absolutely, man. No, that's, I mean, it's super inspirational. I think Matt Brown's, you know, like uh, a really inspirational figure in your life. I know he's mm-hmm. uh, like you mentioned, he's, he's had a, you know, uh, a, a pretty uh, a storied past there that, you know, he's gotten past, you know, through, through his love of martial martial arts. And now, you know, on the coaching side too, um, which is, it's just super cool to hear. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because um, a lot of people talk, talk about you as a kickboxer. And, you know, uh, I know, I know you started training like Jeet Kune Do um, from like a really young age. So what, what kind of inspired you to try, you know, uh, not only that um, art, but also like, you know, capoeira and some, some other, uh, you know, kickboxing martial arts from such a young age. If, if you've ever fought and, or if you ever a kid, (laughs) you of course watched all Bruce Lee movies or Jackie Chan movies or anything like that. Everybody loves that flashy striking. Everybody loves the, uh, the movement of it, the, uh, the pure expression on his face, you know, just like getting in there and just letting go, turning into a completely different human being. But I just loved, uh, I didn't care what kind of martial arts I first got into. I was thankful that uh, Jeet Kune Do came to me because um, uh, the same friend that had opened up the parkour gym out here or helped open up a parkour gym out here introduced me to somebody by the name of uh, Nathan Young or uh, on Instagram and YouTube. Everybody knows him as Nathan Nightstick Young, uh, very yeah. big Jeet uh, uh, Kune Do practitioner, Wing Chung practitioner, teaches over at the Kailua UFC BJ Penn gym like I've only met him a couple of times and I've been able to train with him a couple of times but just those small uh the parrying the 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 back fists that pendulum step is always going to stay with me because it's just a perfect way to get in and get out very very fast it also sets up good for the takedowns but 
even like what Bruce Lee always says, take in what you need and expel what you do not need. And uh, I've had no need to take take away Jeet Kune Do just yet. Maybe I will replace it down the line with a technique that is much more prolific or uh, much uh, has a higher um, percentage of success. But right now it's it's very comfortable and we're working different ways to incorporate different martial arts into that base that I've established with Jeet Kune Do and Capoeira. Uh, and for Capoeira, uh, I was a huge Tekken fan, uh, Eddie Gordo, yeah. of course. Uh, uh, and yet again, same same friend that uh, introduced me to parkour, Jeet Kune Do. Um, just, uh, just very blessed to have a friend like that uh, taught me the ways of certain martial arts. And then I kind of just built off of that. And... Uh, here, here I am. <laughs> here you are. Here you are. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's awesome to hear, man. I, um, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's dope. Um, I, I, I grew up watching his movies as well. Um, I know it's, it's, uh, you know, that's probably a huge inspiration for you. Um, but I also want to talk about, you know, growing up in Hawaii, um, uh, you were on Oahu, um, and, and how did, you know, uh, that upbringing, you know, being in Hawaii kind of prepare you for a career as a professional fighter? I had no idea that that would lead me all the way to ice cold Columbus, Ohio. No sun, no nothing like that. But but it's it. Don't get me wrong. I I uh, I love Columbus. It's my home away from home. But um, I I always saw it as uh, take a step back to take a leap forward. I know I'll go back one day. But um, my my life was uh, it was very good life. My dad was very caring, stern yet caring. Um, my mother loved her loved her to death like uh, she always took care of all, all of us my younger sister kelsey and my older brother nico um just just a great life uh then my parents got divorced and it kind of uh kind of got a little difficult uh with uh, going house to house um, um got into a bit of trouble uh you know just uh, getting picked on and stuff and trying to fight back and eventually um uh that led me to high school Kalaheo high school uh, where i graduated 2015 um i was in rotc didn't know really know what i'd be doing i was planning on going to the military um doing all of these things and it was just didn't didn't work out for me as i remember just sitting at the uh, uh the table on the marine corps base um and uh, doing the tests and I was just like this isn't really uh, um, I, I felt like a I don't know a coward if anything yeah. I, I saw these everybody defending our country and everything and I couldn't couldn't stand up and say I want to do this and also to uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life no idea um, I started working at a little market uh, in Kailua, off of Kailua Beach, like a couple hundred feet away from the beach. So on my breaks, I would always get a bagel or something and then go people watch in the sand and watch the waves come in and see all, all the kite surfers and stuff. But um, af after that, I, I started getting into drinking and partying and uh, certain narcotics and stuff like that. And um, I had all of these ambitions. I'd always wanted to try and get into an MMA gym. So I started going to the UFC gym in Kaka'ako, and this is before the Kailua location was open. And uh, I, I had no idea where to get, like the UFC BJ Penn gym is a great location, but uh, I, I didn't see, like I had no idea where to go where the fighters were. 
so uh, I just kept partying, kept doing my thing, and um, uh, wasting away. Eventually, uh, the opportunity arose, and I was like, okay, my life's not really going anywhere right now. Might as well give the mainland a try. Uh, yet again, trying uh, uh, to get a boxing match for the Arnold Classic, training as much as I could. My cardio was great. I felt good and uh, didn't really have a team at just yet. And I was running outside every single day thinking I was Rocky Balboa and I got pneumonia. And I remember walking to the CVS, uh, uh, Urgent Care, uh, Minute Clinic or whatever it's called. And I walked there and I was just coughing up all this stuff and just felt awful and they're like yeah you got pneumonia who drove you here i was like i uh, or did you drive how, how are you getting home? i was like oh i just walked they're like you should probably have someone drive you home I was like oh okay just walked home after that <laughs> and um for a good chunk of my time out here um on uh you know ohio i, I would uh, walk to work and walk everywhere yeah. just because i didn't want to bother anybody i just wanted to uh get there and come back and just kind of stay in my own little world uh just because i didn't know what to do just kind of lost yeah and uh yeah uh <laughs> and yeah. the only uh that's about it yeah <laughs> yeah there well, no there you go i mean i obviously you know the the trip to the mainland there it's it, it's you know a crazy story and i you can see how the stories kind of connect with the the first question there i guess i asked those out of order i mean um yeah. you know, sorry, sorry if i'm mainland, going all over the but... place too <laughs> <laughs> no you're all good man i mean that that i i it, it all made sense to me you know you you made it over here you had the opportunity to box the arnold classic you still haven't had a a boxing match to this day. I mean, um, you you really entered the the amateur MMA scene, kind of broke onto it, um, fighting in multiple different promotions there. And then um, we just we just had your professional debut. You know, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, um, the fight here at uh, OCL twenty three. Um, what type of preparation went into this fight camp, and um, how do you feel about you know your performance? I know uh, um, that the fight was at catchweight. It was like one hundred and thirty. 30 pound bout how did that um you know affect um the fight and how do you feel uh it didn't affect the fight much because i still came in relatively close to the flyweight limit um uh greg spearman had stepped in on relatively short notice i believe it was two and a half weeks out and we had we were getting ready for quite a few different opponents uh since september we were supposed to have um my debut OCL 21 and uh, my opponent for that broke his hand, sadly. Jondis uh, Edwards, I believe. Um, and this was going to be at flyweight and that sadly fell, uh, fell through. Um, my good friend, Lucas Siebert, who trains out of stout and immortal um, told, uh, told me and mentioned, Hey, uh, there's a one and two flyweight looking for a fight for two, four, seven. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Uh, Orlando Ortega from um, Jackson Wink and another okay. MMA gym out of New York. Very and that talented. Was world to be in class. Pennsylvania, right? Okay, you were getting to that. Yeah. I'm interrupting. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, that was supposed to be in Pennsylvania for two, uh, the organization 247. Very, very, very good show 247 puts on. Absolutely fantastic. Um, everything is very professional and sadly my uh, opponent wasn't very professional that night he came in quite above 
the fly weight limit. I was 124 and a half and he had come in 131. They had given him two separate occasions to get the rest of the weight off. And he was coming up with several different um, excuses. Uh, the sauna that he had, uh, that he was going to go to had closed down. There was no hot water in the hotel, even though we were saying, staying in the same hotel and uh, the water was scolding when I took a shower when I first got there. <laughs> Uh, it's just just a lot of uh, just a lot of um, noise, if anything. Yeah. And uh, w- me and the commission had come to an agreement. Okay, uh, let's get you rehydrated a little bit. Let's see if you can come down to one twenty-seven. We can make this thing happen. Comes back after thirty minutes and says, "I'm not going to cut the rest of the weight." Comes back at like one thirty, and me and the commission said, "No, it's it's all right. Um, if you can't be professional and." show up and then all of a sudden he started saying a couple of uh uh not very nice things i uh, i wouldn't like to repeat uh, of course but that's okay um, we, don't, we don't have I, to repeat them. <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, no matter what uh, he's a great competitor he's a, a fantastic kickboxer and well-rounded martial artist uh, maybe one day we will see each other um uh, but hope hope all is well for him yeah. And this eventually led me to Ohio Combat League 23, um, January 7th. Uh, we had quite a few names. Or actually, sorry, even before that, we were trying to get onto the December 17th B2 card. And I was sparring with Matt, and Matt cracked me pretty good. And uh, I remember seeing a flash, and the next thing I knew, uh, remember was doing arm circles, and Coleman was just yelling at me in the cage. And I was like, "How? Where, where am I? What day is this? Blah, blah, blah. I was really confused um, and uh, just had to sit out of that fight, sadly. And it uh, led me to uh, Ohio Combat League 23. And preparation, we were getting ready for so many different body types, wrestlers, strikers, uh, good jujitsu, everything. We were just yeah. ready for anything at all, different because body at this styles. Point, you've had so many fights drop out that you don't know who you're going to fight next. Like, yeah, so much, so much, like you said, there's been so much noise that, um, you, you don't really know what's, what's next for you. Yeah. Um, I was just at a bit of a bit of a wall and I had no idea how to climb that wall. And, uh, uh, two and a half weeks out, uh, my manager, Rick sends me the profile of Greg Spearman. And I looked at it and I was like, ah, one, four, I, okay, he's the only guy stepping up and I really appreciate this. So, yeah. But, you know, a fight's a fight. You've been getting ready and I, I'd like to show what I got. And looking at his record, uh, it is extremely deceiving because he's fought some of the best bantamweights and all-around talent yeah. in Ohio and regionally. Look at his first fight. It was 145 pounds. And he his first professional fight, he went up to 45 and put on a great show but got caught in the yeah. rear naked choke. His next fight against Mo Miller, oh, yeah. who is one of the top prospects of this sport, getting the content. I have no idea how he didn't get into the uh, UFC after this contender series. Uh, should have got uh, should have got a contract. Oh, absolutely. But um, and I've had the pleasure of uh, moving around with him for a bit. He's a monster. Uh, <laughs> but but anyways, he he went the distance with Mo Miller, and he went the distance with all of these other good talents and i figured okay he's a very well experienced veteran he's he has 11 amateur fights he's seven three and one uh 
And I was like, you know what, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's, let's take this fight. Um, he wanted the, we had originally put the fight at 135 because he saw, we saw that he mainly made 135 and fought at bantamweight. Yeah. But when he came to us with the contract for flyweight bouts, I was very surprised because he had actually no showed against a, a friend of mine, Nikolai Gianti, who is another top level professional flyweight that is an absolute stud on the ground. Yeah. Um, and he no showed for that. So I was like, okay, maybe it's a weight issue. Um, I said, okay, what, what, what if we did it at 30, you know, I'll, Usually when I'm in camp, I walk around at 35 outside. I'm a little heavier, of course, but it's, it'd be an easy cut. Um, it, it'd be an even, even easier cut for him as well. And uh, instead of him going down to 25, and when we came to Wayans or when Wayans came, I weighed in 128 and a half and he weighed in 125 and a half. And I was like, oh, we should have just done flyweight, but okay. Um, this could have worked out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this could have totally worked out. He looked chiseled it was like jesus christ he was he looked good he looked strong yeah he was strong and uh um uh yeah just just very thankful that he stepped up he saw that um i was making my debut and um he must have seen holes in my game uh, uh for my fights for b2 or any of my other fights and said okay i think we got a chance at this guy and um i was able to show uh what a camp sits since september <laughs> looks like i guess <laughs> but um but yet again huge shout out to greg spearman for stepping in absolutely absolutely and like you said such a journey journeyman you know fighter here in ohio he's fought just about everyone and he's he's yeah. had great fights with those people too i mean that's mm -hmm. that's what's crazy um I want to go back i know you talked a little bit about um you know the lead up from september onward but Back in April here, um, you had a fight in B2 with uh, uh, Mark uh, Googly, uh, Guglielmini. And um, at, yeah, absolute fantastic grappling match. I know a lot of people consider, you know, to be a very, you know, esteemed kickboxer. But, um, you know, the grappling in, in that fight was it was five, five, three minute rounds. And it was just a grappling match the whole time. Um, can you talk a little bit about that fight and kind of what went into um, the preparation for, you know, uh, the grappling match that kind of took place. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, originally we were trying to get, get, uh, Trey Wills, uh, to fight, um, very, very elite striker, very elite ground game. He has a killer guillotine. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, backed out of fights quite a few times against me. We were supposed to fight him initially, uh, um, in Ohio, but he didn't want to do same day wins. And I respect that. Um, not a lot of people yeah. can rehydrate properly um, or want to fight uh, while being heavily dehydrated like that. Exactly. I understand. Um, and then we tried to get him for my first B2 title fight. And he sadly missed that uh, due to unforeseen reasons. And um, uh, Jalen McIntyre stepped in and last leading to this fight uh, last April or last, last April now, um, yeah. uh, he didn't want to fight me again. He needed more time. So uh, Mark 
took uh, stepped in yet again on relatively short notice. I was getting ready for a completely different skill set. But um, one thing that I've always been uh, not lacking necessarily, but always need improvement. Well, we always need improvement no matter what for, uh, as a fighter. If you don't evolve, you you go extinct, right? Or you die out and yeah. uh, the, comp- the competition catches up. So this was a good opportunity to work on my grappling for this camp and see how many how much improvements uh, i've made um i've i was going into the fight with a bit of a sinus infection and i was very close to calling off this fight but i'm never one to back down from a challenge and um yeah i i knew if i had played my cards right i could have gotten this fight and uh, uh it wouldn't have gone to the uh, the score uh, a draw yeah a well, score yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely true um, I, I thought I had done enough in the first three rounds, but my gas tank was uh, getting lower and my sickness was catching up to me. Um, I had almost taken a picture backstage with my belts and my backpack uh, falling or f- have fallen over and there was an empty bottle of Dayquil inside and NyQuil. And I was just, uh, I was like, man, I wish <laughs> I wish I had taken a picture of that just to, just to show like, you know, you can't stop, you can't stop uh, a fight. Yeah. Even, if you're, uh, even if you're as sick as a dog but um mark google Mini, he is the toughest challenge i've ever faced thus far and to have the opportunity to fight him again would be great maybe i know he just he's one no as well um yeah he's pro now yeah maybe we can uh perform on, on a world stage for a ufc contract or We'll we'll see we'll see where where if when our when our paths cross again. Oh yeah, oh that they definitely should. I mean, um, uh, the the draw, you know, the decision of that fight. I, I want to kind of touch on that a little bit because I thought it was uh, kind of odd from my end. It's stati- it statistically doesn't make sense unless there was a ten ten round given, which is extremely right. rare. Um, you know, if ever happens, but it went 48, 47 in your favor, 48, 47 in his favor. And the third judge had it 48, 48. So, um, I mean, c- can we talk a little bit about, you know, h- how, how that would even be possible? Maybe, maybe you score the third round as a 10, 10, cause you both had your moments, but in my personal opinion, um, you know, he, he had you and you full guard, basically you had him in full guard. And then when you turned him over, you had uh, like, you know, the legs locked up and uh, I believe you ended that round in back mount. So I don't know personally, uh, you know, how you felt about the third round, but do you think it's possible that a judge could have scored at 10-10? Possibly. I can see, um, I can see all the points that it could be scored for me and for him. And like I said before, hindsight is twenty twenty. I could, I should have, could have, would, I could have done so many things differently. I just stuck to my game plan. Uh, um, but that is in the past. That is part of uh, my m- martial arts history, and I'm going to use that as a learning experience and yeah. uh, as as fuel fuel for this fire that keeps burning for the sport. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you know, obviously, you, you coming onto the podcast here today. Um, of course, thank you for and, having me. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Uh, good luck to you in the future. Um, I'm I'm sure uh, our our paths will cross again um, at some point as well. One hundred percent. 
but I'm a huge fan of yours, dude. So, um, you know, I appreciate uh, you coming on here today and um, just wanted to, you know, finish this up. How, uh, where can people find you? Do you want to tout your, your socials real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you can follow me on uh, the real Josh Pereira on Instagram, um, Facebook, Joshua Pereira and uh, uh, mom, dad, Kelsey, Nico, Pua, Carter, uncle, Danny, grandma, Irene, grandma, Aurora, all my teammates, my coaches, my sponsors. Love you guys. Thank you. So thank you for always supporting me. And uh, Bobby, thank you for having me on tonight. Hey, you're very welcome, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Have a great night and uh, uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Take it easy, brother. Thank you. What's up, mixed martial arts street fanatics? Are you looking for more content? Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok as well. Visit our website for a list of all of our episodes. And if you like what you hear, smash that five-star review on Spotify. See y'all soon.